It's time for Money Talk, your chance to call in and receive answers to all your financial questions, from investment management to planning for your retirement and beyond. The experts at BC Wealth Management are here to help, so you don't have to navigate these difficult financial decisions alone. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. Call in now, 356-9397. And now here is Money Talk. Hi. Welcome to Busey Money Talk. This is Mark Wisniewski, your host. Uh, I've got my co-host today, Aaron Sutton, who's a Senior Vice President, uh, Investment Portfolio Manager. And we've got a couple guests with us, too. We've got Dries Dernay. He's a financial planning specialist. I thought it'd be a good time of year to have Dries on board just to kind of talk about uh, some year-end tax planning and year-end strategies. And then also, too, we've got uh, Max Stutzman. Uh, Max is a Commercial Portfolio Manager. Uh, for Busey, he specializes in commercial real estate. Uh, we've got a lot of questions recently about what's going on on campus, what's going on with all the, the building, the cranes, with the apartment. So I thought I'd bring Max on uh, to touch a little bit about that. But first, uh, we're going to do a little, little investment review uh, with Aaron. The one thing I, I will say, Aaron, I didn't know what a celebrity you are. I mean, I had a customer say to me, I said, hey, I'm going to be in WDWS and with Aaron Sutton. They're like, well, why didn't you tell me that? I love listening to Aaron talk. Oh, boy. Good thing we're on the radio, so listeners can't see me blushing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thanks for passing that on, Mark. Yeah, I get uh, compliments all the time, so I appreciate the listeners' feedback, uh, whether it's good or bad. So, yeah, if you see us uh, in the grocery store or the street, uh, yeah, feel free to uh, let us know how we're doing. Always looking forward to it. Um, so, yeah, Mark, what we thought we'd do is just give our normal market update. Uh, the thing I always like to start with, like I said, because it comes out this day, is the jobless claims. And obviously, the labor market is one of the key ingredients to how the economy is doing. So, again, that's why we like to focus there. And we got another good reading. Uh, jobless claims came out this morning, came in right at 268000 Now, granted, that's still a little above where it was pre-pandemic, uh, but that is a post-pandemic low. So uh, pretty much right in line where it was last month. Looks like we're kind of stabilizing here at this level, uh, which, again, is a fairly good number. Uh, obviously could be better. But, again, I think it does point uh, to a very strong labor market out there. And I know a lot of our business owners I listen, they can attest to this, just how tight the labor market is. Um, and so, yeah, uh, claims are, are running fairly low. And we also get a additional number uh, called continuing claims that comes out at the same time, and that also fell slightly. Uh, that came in at 2.08 million. Uh, again, pretty much right in line with last month. So, again, that's a new pandemic low. And like I said, uh, both are good numbers, so it's good to see that. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I mean as we've talked about before, too, going around town to see, you know, some restaurants are closing at 8 o'clock because they don't have enough staff. So the, the numbers are positive, which is a good thing. I, I look forward to going to places and them having a full staff. Again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Being open normal hours. Yeah, exactly. yeah, having full staff. I'm sure the business owners would love that, too. Oh, heck yeah. And again, this all ties in together because I think a topic we'll get into today uh, potentially is inflation. And this is a big component of that. Uh, if employers are having to raise wages to attract employees, that could make this inflation level a little less transitory and maybe make it a little more permanent. So again, that's something we're keeping a close eye on. 
also another number that came out today, and this was a very good number, uh, is the Philadelphia uh, Fed reading on manufacturing. And so this is basically they survey all the manufacturers in the Philadelphia Federal Reserve region uh, just to see how business is doing. And that number actually hit a seven-month high uh, and exceeded analyst expectations. So, again, manufacturing activity is looking very strong. It's picking up. Uh, Now, within that report, though, and again, this is related to inflation, material cost was at the second highest level yeah. since 1979. So yeah, they're certainly the, seeing right. prices increase. That's the crazy part, too. It's just, I mean, we, we all see it from gas prices and food prices, but now we're going to really get hit, you know, probably, the, I mean, cars are going to go up. I know I was talking to somebody about, you know, getting a wood floor, and they said that price is just crazy right now. Exactly. And I think, um, and again, we touched a little bit on this last show, but one of the things hitting these manufacturing, obviously, is the shipping cost. Uh, freight right. costs have gone way up, and so that's that's what a lot of these manufacturers are seeing. Uh, what their input cost uh, is just the the stuff, uh, the prices to get the stuff in the doors to uh, manufacture the goods. Now, in addition to that, we did get a reading from the New York area, and it was a very similar number. Uh, came in well above expectations, um, and actually, uh, that was one of the best readings we've seen in that market as well. So, all in all, uh, like I said, labor market's looking good. Manufacturing levels are good. Uh, so the economy is, is really uh, kind of humming along quite nicely. And this ties into Federal Reserve policy. So just a few weeks ago, uh, Chairman Powell gave an update, and they have officially now announced uh, their tapering policy. Uh, this has been talked about for months uh, when the Fed was finally going to begin tapering their bond purchases. And now it's official. Uh, they announced they're probably going to do it towards the end of this month. So wow. just in the next week or so, uh, looks like they're going to dial back about $15 billion less in purchases that they're going to make each month. And so if you crunch the numbers, uh, they're currently buying about $120 billion each month. And so at that rate, the Federal Reserve should be out of the bond market by about July of 2022. Really? Yeah, so that's kind of the pace they're going to be on. Now, granted, in his comments, he said this is obviously going to be very fluid. That number could go up or down based on conditions. But if it does stay at that $15 billion each month, that's about the time you'll see uh, the Fed completely out of the market. Wow, that, that that's crazy. I mean, that, that's some serious dollars. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, and, you know, at least that's in the billions. You know, you right. talk about some of these uh, infrastructure bills and reconciliation bills in Washington. You got a T on those with a trillion. So, yeah, yeah just uh, some huge numbers there. Um, you know, some other comments uh, that Powell made, uh, I think this was a key one. They still see inflation being transitory. Uh, that was that key word uh, that they've been using. But they have admitted now that it is going to last a little longer than they initially thought. Uh, with some of these supply constraints, and like we talked about, shipping costs going up, wages going up, they do think inflation's probably now going to level off May, maybe mid-2022, whereas I think before they were thinking maybe early in 2022 that some of those inflation pressures might start to ease. Well, it's just good to hear that it's going to level off. I mean, that's the scary part. You know, if it doesn't level off, I mean, everybody says, well, a lot of people got pay raises, so this shouldn't affect them that much, but that defeats the whole point of a pay raise is, You've you've got nothing exactly. Yeah, if uh, prices go up as much as your wages are going up, yeah, you're right. You're right where you started exactly. Um, 
one interesting thing I've been seeing too, this is all related, is um, so we talked about the tapering that the bond, the Fed's going to do. The next step after that will actually be hiking uh, short-term interest rates, uh, the federal uh, funds rate. That's the main one they control. Now, the Fed projection is still for that to happen in 2023. Uh, so there's going to be a little period there where they end their bond purchases and then wait to start hiking rates. But if you look at the private sector and what the economists are expecting, uh, I saw some notes from, say, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. They're expecting those rate hikes to actually happen, um, say, September, October of 2022. So they think the Fed's going to end up raising rates maybe a little earlier than what they're projecting now, just based on these inflation right. ratings and how strong the labor market is. Sure. Um, you know, if we get full unemployment and inflation still running a little high, I think that's going to force the Fed to actually start raising rates maybe a little sooner than what they're projecting now. Wow. All right. Um, yeah, so in the last few minutes here, uh, as always, what we like to do is run through the right. uh, numbers for the market. Uh, and it's been very good. Uh, probably should have let off with that, you know, as we sit here today. <laughs> we're back near all-time highs. You know, just since our last show, uh, the U.S. market's up over 3% just wow. in the last month. So, yeah, you got the S&P 500 up about 3.2%, uh, and small caps actually leading the way. So if you look mm. at the Russell 2000, that's up about 3.6%. Now, year-to-date, uh, again, some eye-watering numbers here. Uh, the S&P is up over 26%. Same for the mid-caps. Uh, and the small caps have lagged a little bit for the year, only up 21%, oh, uh, which is obviously still a very good number, but slightly behind mid and large cap. Now, in the international market, uh, a little bit of a mixed story there. Uh, developed markets uh, were able to uh, get a nice gain over the last month, up about 1%. Uh, those are up about 12% year-to-date. Uh, but the emerging markets, uh, as we've talked about before, have struggled here a little recently, uh, primarily due to China. So those markets were down about 0.4%, uh, still in positive territory year-to-date, up about 1.5%. Now, if you look into the sectors, uh, I think this is pretty interesting. You know, energy stocks had really lagged uh, for several years, but have come back in a big way this year. They're still the best performing sector, up about 57% year to date. Now, we have seen oil uh, prices cool off just a little bit in the last few days, and we've seen oil dip back below $80 a barrel. So, Hopefully that's a trend that can continue. Um, there's some readings that point to maybe that is going to be a trend. Uh, we're seeing some increased supplies uh, start to head our way. Uh, I saw a Bloomberg article the other day talking about the number of tankers uh, carrying oil here and that some pretty good levels. So I think that should ease some of the pressure uh, for oil and gas prices, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners would like to see lower gas prices. Yeah, no, I would say for sure, especially with the holiday season coming upon us, people want to travel. Uh, you know, I, I've talked to a couple of people like, well, I might not go someplace this year because of the cost of gas. Exactly. So that's big. You know, Aaron, uh, you know, I, I see what the customer, you know, means by, you know, wanting to listen to you. I mean, that's the one benefit I think, you know, uh, our customers and a lot of people have is having, you know, you and the rest of the investment team available for conversations to kind of discuss the market and to take some of the more – technical terms or, you know, some of the stuff that the Fed comes out and says, and then break it down to more of a uh, layman's type uh, talk. So, uh, 
Yeah, we have uh, these conversations every day with clients. Uh, and we really pride ourselves on that, Mark, is that we do make ourselves available to all our clients, uh, big or small. Uh, they have access to the investment team. And we do like to emphasize team. So right. I'm just one member there. I primarily focus on the stock market. We have other team members that focus on the bond market, our asset allocation process, our trading, our mutual fund selection, and they're all available to our clients. So uh, it's a real benefit of working uh, at BCM. No, I, I 100% agree. I mean, there's there's a lot of people out there that say you know they're investment experts, but you know when you see it on a day to day basis with you guys, it's pretty impressive. So thanks, Aaron. Uh, and I'll tell you what, why don't we go ahead and uh, take a, a quick break here and then we'll come back and uh, we'll talk to Dries just a little bit about uh, year-end planning. Growing your family, opening your own business, retiring to travel, leaving your legacy. At Busey Bank, we know there's a lot to look forward to and a lot of planning along the way. Celebrate your life's milestones by putting your money to work. Busey Bank. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. You have the ideas, the tenacity, and the follow through. UC Bank's experts are here to help with the capital. With deep knowledge and trusted guidance, UC will help you prepare a comprehensive financial business plan that boosts your livelihood and keeps your business successful for years to come. UC Bank. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Welcome back to Busey's Money Talk. I, my, I am Mark Wisniewski. I've got my co-host Aaron Sutton here, along with Dries Dernay and Max Stutzman. Uh, Dries, financial planning specialist. This time of year, I, you're probably really actively involved with conversations with clients. Uh, matter of fact, on the, on the way in, I had a call from a client, um, so I thought I'd just go ahead and throw something out to you. They they were asking about, you know, a lot of charities are calling, looking for uh, donations. Um, they said something about, what is a QCD? And I said, well, that's a qualified charitable distribution, and probably you'd be the better expert to explain exactly what it is. Well, good morning. Um yeah, let me explain to you. It's um, QCD, Qualified Charitable Distribution, as you said. And it's one of the ways that you can gift a charity. Um, it's a way where your IRA custodian, that's the institution that houses the IRA, uh, gift the, gifts the funds directly from the IRA to the qualified charity of your choosing. And so that this turns a charitable gift into, uh, I'm sorry, this is a little technical, into an above-the-line deduction. And therefore, that amount gets fully excluded from your adjusted gross income, your AGI. Um, you can start doing a QCD in the year that you turn 70 and a half, and they are capped at $100,000 annually per taxpayer. So that's $200,000 for joint filers. And they can only be done from IRA. So uh, you can't, for example, do it from a 401k or so. Uh, lastly, like most people do a QCD uh, when they have to start taking required minimum distributions, RMDs. Sorry, there's a lot of acronyms today. So, um, so because if you do a QCD when you have to take an RMD, then you you can uh, maybe offset some of the taxable income that you otherwise have to recognize when you have to take an RMD. Awesome. So, uh, I guess really, how does that technically then differ from a, just a regular charitable contribution? Great question, which I get a lot. Um, so, 
most of the time when people think of charitable giving, they think of, you know, writing a check from their checking accounts to, you know, to charity of their choosing. And um, that, so typically that type of donation, which is the most common one, that's a below the line itemized deduction. So, and, and, and remember, you have, you can itemize your deductions, but if the standard deduction, which is, uh, which is set, right, uh, and every year goes up just a little. But if, if your itemized deductions don't exceed the standard deduction, then, you know, it, it's you just take the, you take the higher one of the two. So a regular charitable contribution is a is an, is an, typically an itemized deduction. A QCD is a above-the-line deduction. So And there, very crucially, the money actually never passes your hands. So you tell your IRA custodian to send a check straight to charity as opposed to don't tell them, oh, first give me the money from my IRA and I'll write the check. No, 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 no. It's very important that you tell your IRA custodian, whoever houses the IRA, hey, I want you to make a QCD and I want you to send a check straight to charity. That's a very important difference between the two. Wow. No, that's awesome because, you know, I, I know I've talked to, you know, quite a few people now with the limitations on, you know, uh, tax, around the real estate income tax, you can deduct state tax wise and some of the interest limitations that sometimes you don't get the benefit of those charitable contributions as you would. So this, at least you're getting the deduction from your income. Exactly. It's, um, and that's also another good point. It's, so what, which one is better? Well, the QCD, because it's more impactful, right? Right. Uh, because also keeping your AGI, your adjusted gross income low, helps with other things. Um, uh, for example, it, it, people who have to take Medicare, uh, pre- you know, your Medicare premium is also, uh, the AGI takes that into account. So the lower your AGI, hopefully the, 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 you, you can keep your Medicare premium from, from going up right in, 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 in scale. Also, um, medical expense deduction, you know, that is also, uh, in that calculation, how much you can deduct from your medical expenses is also AGI is taken into account with that. So in short, keeping your AGI as low as possible is beneficial. And that's what a QCD does. And a regular charitable contribution does not affect your AGI because okay. it's below the line deduction. Sure. Makes makes com- complete sense. Now, now, you said you can start this at 70 and a half when you're basically taking your uh, first uh, distribution as some IRAs. But th- did I hear the SECURE Act change that to 72 to kind of prolong it? Yes. That's a, that's a good catch indeed. So, the Secure Act um, raised right. It raised the, the RMDH instead of the the year you turn seventy and a half. Now you have to start taking RMDs in the year you turn seventy two. It did not say anything about QCDs. Secure Act. So for QCDs, you can actually start them before you have to take RMDs. Oh, but okay. remember, typically people use QCDs to offset the taxable income that an RMD causes. Now, if you then do a QCD before you. Uh, or 72, so somewhere between 70 and a half and 72, then you could still do it. It's just uh, there's no there's no income at that point to offset. Um, you also don't have to recognize the income for that that you gift that you gift as a QCD. So, but most of the time people start doing QCDs at age 72, even though it's possible before that, to uh, to basically to, to to try and mitigate some of the taxable income that the RMD causes. Right. Yeah. I'm always afraid, afraid the QCD will go away and then you'll be like, okay, you know, should I take advantage of it? Not take advantage of it. Um, with that in mind, could you gift more than your RMD with the QCD? Yes. As long as you do not, 
uh, go above that $100,000 limit per year, right? Um, it's uh, And so again, for merit filing jointly, that's the $200,000. Um, so yes, you can gift more. Um, a QCD also has the same deadline as RMD, uh, which is uh, December 31st. Unless, of course, remember, when you have to take your very first RMD, now at age 72, they actually give you a little bit of leeway until uh, April of the next year, the, the, the tax filing deadline, right? But normally, uh, after that, the deadline is always December 31st. And also, one other thing I'd like uh, to remind our listeners of is that if you, um, let's say, you know, the first dollar out of an IRA is considered an RMD. So what do I mean by that? Well, Let's say you take uh, you have to take uh, RMDs in a year, and, and in February you take some money out, deposit in your checking accounts, and then later in the year you say, you know what? Actually, I don't want to rec- recognize that taxable income. I'm going to do a I'm going to offset the the distribution I did back in, in earlier in the year. I'm going to actually turn it into a QCD. Too late. Um, so uh, you know because you'll have to, if you want to do a QCD and still in that same year, you'll have to uh, take an additional distribution. That very first one that you did early in the year, too late, it, it's going to be recognized as income um, because the first dollar out of an IRA is considered an RMD. So, again, if you want to do QCD, the money should never pass your hands. The IRA custodians should send the check straight to charity. And lastly, tell your tax preparer, preparer that you didn't right. uh, a QCD in, in, you know, uh, in that year because depending on in the institution, you know, the tax documents that you give to your tax preparer – it's not always apparent that you did a QCD. So unless you tell your tax preparer, hey, some of that distribution that you see is a QCD, unless you tell them that, they, they, they may not know. So, and then of course, they all, the entire exercise for not. So uh, yeah, definitely also tell your tax preparer, hey, of my $20,000 RMD, $10,000 I, um, you know, I, I did as a QCD. And sure. they'll make sure that you did it correctly. Yeah, and I was gonna say too, just, re- just a reminder too, RMD is required minimum distribution you have to take from your IRA. And then the QCD is the qualified charitable distribution. I think sometimes, you know, we use the terms, even though we yeah. already explained it once. But if you're coming on the radio now, you're like, what the yeah, heck? Yeah, QCD, RMD, right. AGI. What the heck is he talking about? Yeah, I get it. So anyways, so are, what charities are eligible? Everybody or? No. Uh, so it must be a 501c3 organization and eligible to receive tax-deductible contributions. So examples of charities that do not qualify, for example, private foundations, um, supporting organizations, uh, you know, donor advice funds. So, um, yeah, also, if you say, well, my buddy, he's in dire straits, you know, he's got medical expenses, I'm gonna, uh, I want to gift money to him, that, I'm sorry, that doesn't qualify. It needs to be a 501c3. So therefore, so normally your IRA custodian, when you tell them, hey, please do a QCD to this charity, they will or, or should do their due diligence to make sure that the charity, if you're choosing, qualifies for a QCD. So that's their job. Okay, awesome, awesome. And I think that okay. just to add to that, the nice thing about this is they only have to be set up to receive a check, right? So pretty much every charity should be able to receive that versus, say, receiving stock or a mutual fund or a bond or something like that. This is pretty easy for a charity to receive. Exactly, because the money coming out uh, um, should be in form of cash. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a few organizations will refuse cash. <laughs> right, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the good thing, I mean, from a year-end planning standpoint is to, uh, two things. I mean, make sure you get your required minimum distribution done before year-end. Yes. Because there are penalties if you don't. 
and then uh, make sure, from a charitable standpoint, uh, you also get the, the QCD done before year-end as well, so you can get that taken off the income portion. And I would just add to that, don't wait until the last week of December. Uh, <laughs> be be nice to the holder of your IRA and uh, try to give them a heads up, maybe, uh, say, in, in this month versus, yeah, the last few weeks of December. Sure, sure. Appreciate that. And, uh, Dries, we'll probably come back to you in a second, but I want to at least give Max uh, – a couple minutes here too is just to talk about, uh, like I said, a lot of people have been you know looking at the cranes around Champaign, Urbana, Campus Town. So Max, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about the real estate market? Uh, as Aaron pointed out, interest rates are still low for now, um, but looks like they're going to start to creep up in 2022. So you might see like a little curtailment on the building, and that's another thing too. Mentioning about the supplies. These buildings have uh, definitely increased in the cost to get that done. No, thanks, Mark. I really appreciate you uh, having me on today. And um, kind of as you're talking about the real estate market, I think we've seen a really active real estate market here the past couple of years um, with that, you know, with rates being low. Uh, when COVID kind of started, I think we were all a little worried what was going to happen. But, uh, you know, something I was looking at, I think in fall of 2021, uh, on U of I's campus, there was between 15 and 1,700 beds delivered uh, for new construction. So we really did see a you know active uh, new construction pipeline on campus. Uh, I think that slowed up a little bit. Um, you know, for next year, I think there's going to be uh, roughly you know probably another be- between another three and 400 beds delivered. Uh, so not as not as uh, big as 2021, but we've definitely seen an active market. You know, people wanting to um, buy real estate as well. I think there's there's been a um, some liquidity on the sidelines that are pe- that people are wanting to deploy. Um, so I think that's it's a good market right now. Uh, we've seen it not only in Champaign, but uh, we follow our customers to other markets and see good markets as well. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the one thing I think you know uh, the slow interest rate environment has really significantly helped uh, builders or I should say uh, builders owners of uh, apartment buildings. And the one thing too I think I'll make uh, very clear to the listeners one. What really spurred the building on campus for Illinois was they they took away a parking requirement. It used to be you had to have uh, one parking spot for every two be- beds in a building. Once they eliminated that requirement, uh, a lot of people started looking and actually buying parking lots just to build. So, I mean, I think we've seen a lot of new uh, buildings out there. And... You know, Max, I was I was at a uh, seminar yesterday put on by the U of I Foundation, and Peter Fox, who uh, developed the All Research Park, was talking about actually a new development next to the I Hotel. What do you know about that? Yeah, so back in September of uh, 2021, uh, the Board of Trustees approved uh, the next phase of Research Park, uh, which is going to uh, start, or you know, the first phase is going to be finished in 2023, and then go into 2024, um, and it's going to be roughly 250 apartments uh, slash town ho- townhouses. I think we're also going to see uh, maybe some additional uh, restaurants um, and retail going on uh, in Re- Research Park. So that's going to be great for the community as well as uh, great for the university. Yeah, it'll be interesting too. Is uh, I know we've they've talked numerous times at the university about doing a new hockey arena. So I wonder if that'll come back into play, and you know where it'll be uh, on that side. I, you know, if you drive down uh, Kirby, uh, you'll see that the baseball uh, field has a big new complex, new practice facility. Uh, the Atkins uh, family has donated the money for that. Then you go down, and the softball field also has a new practice facility going up. And then, of course, if you drive all the way down to Urbana by what was formerly Stone Creek 
golf course. Now you have the uh, University of Illinois Atkins golf course uh, being completely redone, remodeled. So uh, a lot of good things uh, happening uh, on campus. Yeah, and I think, too, that, you know, as we're seeing all these new projects come on campus, I look back at the enrollment trends, and um, back in 2016, uh, until now, we're up 20% uh, in enrollment at the U of I. So um, I think there is a demand for, for all these new projects that are, that are coming around campus. Yeah, how many? Uh, so new project-wise, do you know what's coming on, on board this year for 20? Oh, yes, you already said 2021. So, so ne- next, school, next school year, uh, which will be 2022-2023 uh, leasing year, um, you know, there's one project going up right now that's new construction, and that's going to be about 90 units, uh, 270 beds. Um, and right now, I think that's really the only new project that's set to deliver on campus um, as of right now. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, I know I'm older than the, the three of you, but these are new apartments. I mean, some of the, the amenities and everything else they've got going on is is much more than I ever saw in my day, that's for sure. It was more than I ever saw too, Mark. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Aaron it was kinda interesting. One of the one of the big builders uh that of college apartments, uh actually Aaron uh, was his college roommate, which I, I thought was was very interesting and which I, I never knew. And now my wife works for him. So, right. Uh, yeah, how all the, connected. How the world turns. Well, uh, kind of wrap this up. Uh, I want to thank Aaron, Dries, and Max for your time today. Uh, for the listeners, uh, hopefully it's been a- enjoyable, just learning a little bit about uh, the, the market and some year-end tax planning for charitable contributions and, and Max giving us the update on, on campus the one thing I always say to you, there's, there's been times on this radio show when I tell people, do not open up your 401k statements. Now, open up those 401k <laughs> statements. It'll be a pleasant surprise. And, you know, going into year end, uh, it, it's, all, it's all good. Well, I want to thank you for listening to Busey Money Talk on WDWS.